hello everyone welcome to checked we are glad to be with you today on this beautiful almost summer day the last day second last day of may and um, we're excited because it is golden state and cleveland part four in the finals Oh, you were just waiting for that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, what a special, what a special comeback! I and with all apologies to our producer and sound man Pete, uh, that uh, the Cavs came back from his Boston Celtics. Turns out, Marcus Smart was just not enough. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, Marcus Smart. That was a. Uh, um, I, my, that was aside from, I mean the the game seven of the 2016 finals was on a whole nother level of flu like symptoms for me, of just how sick it st- stressful that was. Um, flu like symptoms. This you know was, you take sports seriously when you're having <laughs> flu like symptoms because you're. Feeling you know, I, I almost didn't watch. I was I was thinking up until it was game time decision for me. Of it was a flashback. <laughs> whether I was going to watch it. It was or not. a flashback to the O2 National Championship game when you had a nervous breakdown. It broke you were down 12 in tears. You did. You just. Ken Dorsey threw that ball yeah, up in the air. Yeah, you just broke down in tears. You just started crying. 12 year old Austin just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> but uh, game, this past game seven was. Um, was up there in you know in a different league from the finals game seven, but uh, still to other games I've watched. As far as stress, uh, McKenzie, my wife left in the second quarter um, because of you or because of the tension of the game. She couldn't handle the tension of the game. She was so because invested. of you, yeah, no, she, because of you. She just silently got up. Um, I think uh, it was after J.R. Smith's twenty uh, seventh missed three in a row. Um, and whatever my reaction that, that they were wishing, not wishing. And they they were they were that was the woo. Let's see if it goes in. You know, no, well, they, no they still they still they, they kept going though, and they started falling a little bit. You know, the third quarter run, yeah, and um, you know, I was pretty nervous in that third quarter run. And um, but to me, you know, again going back to um, the 2016 finals, uh, I felt like the game was was a reminiscent of that that you had a lot of tension in the players at least nine of the players on the court and it was very sloppy um, especially towards the second half um, bad shots and a lot of people just peeing down their leg and uh, while everyone's pace was speeding up speeding up the more the game got faster and more tense the slower LeBron got mm-hmm. you know I mean, every time I've gone back and watched the game seven of the finals um it's just amazing how slow he played in a good way of just how methodical and whenever he needed to have the ball in his hands, whether it was to make the right pass or make a shot or to get the rebound, he seemed to find the ball and or the ball seemed to find him. Um, and uh, in crunch time of those kinds of games, great players have that, that knack for where the ball just seems to find them. And um, he just, uh, and I think it, for me, all the stress kind of culminated and released in that moment where Marquis, or Marcus, I don't know which one it was, Morris, one of the Morris twins, um, wore him like a worn like a backpack on his shoulders, and he made that layup, and I, yeah. I, um, I, Shishesky point guarded, floor slapped the floor, and in a moment of elation, and cried out, and um, 
but it was around that moment where I just felt like five minutes to go. I think we were up three at the time. I just thought it just kind of hit me where, oh my gosh, we're not going to lose this. He is so mm-hmm. in control of this game that, and it was just kind of funny moment where there's no way we're losing this. He's mm. he's so in control, and uh, this is it's remarkable. Um, it's one of his best. Which I, I don't know. It might be a better achievement than even. It's probably a better achievement for him, I think, than even beating um, Oklahoma City in 2013. Yeah. 2012, uh, 2012 finals. Um, I'd say it's a bigger achievement than that, getting this team to the finals, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm with. I think it's a little overblown that it's a bigger achievement than coming down from down 3 1 against the Warriors in 2016. I still think that's oh, phenomenal. That, no. Yeah, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. And um, there was one other. I can't remember. What's the other possible scenario that outdoes it i can't remember what i'm thinking taking the 07 team to the finals yeah that would be this this feels that way and i know you know east was probably might have been better than in 07 yeah the pistons were still or there's a there's a more of a balance between east and west then but it's just remarkable i i you know i'm i'm a contemporary of michael jordan's Mm -hmm. so there is always that comparison but his physical and intellectual superiority mm-hmm. wow and uh he's got his flaws but my goodness he's uh, it's special it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a babe ruthian moment of you feel like you're watching babe ruth or mm-hmm. someone of that ilk in their prime there has been more um just moments you know in this this playoff run than <laughs> You know, and you know, it's, at least it seems as, as many as there's ever been in his career, anyone's career, where just the game winners he's hit, <clears throat> all the 40-point games he's had and, and when they've needed it, and the triple-doubles. And, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun to sit back and, and watch. Uh, but now they play the Golden State Warriors, yeah. unfortunately. I was, I, was in, I was in sitting next to Fleming during um, – uh, Han Solo and we were both while watching the movie at about 10 o'clock at night following the Warriors um, Rockets game game seven and um, I wasn't able to enjoy the movie as much when I just saw that the the Rockets had that um, lead going into halftime knowing that their uh, the Warriors third quarter was coming and it did and um, part four we have yeah I, you know and I, I'm really glad the Bible doesn't talk about sports hate as a particular category, <laughs> it has no it has no commentary You're on safe sports on that hate. Matter. I think I'm safe because I've gone from just disliking them to uh, contempt to it's hatred. Actually, third I, Corinthians, hate. Paul talks about yeah. the resurrection of sports hate. Second Opinions, <laughs> chapter three, verse twelve says, "Thou shalt be free to sports hate." Uh, I, I just I, I just loathe so much about them. The the Steph Curry, I, I just, it's a pet peeve of mine. People who write uh, verses of scripture on their tennis shoes and then when they make a three, they shout out, This is my effing house. I just, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just, boy, I. When we, when we saw him at game six in 2016 and his family, and I was just, uh, pray tell. Would you, Lord, help us to never be that way? You know, mm-hmm. the behavior was just so. Um, he certainly doesn't average. use Paul's other words in boasting about his weaknesses. That's for sure. No, no. Um, I mean, you know, and I, to me, he's a guy that's overcome a lot. So yeah, that's that's good. Good for him. Uh, good for him I but. I feel more 
last year I was I was more angry I think because it was you know it, it was one to one you know it was it was the third part three it was the tie break I was more angry with Kevin Durant being there last year mm-hmm. um, this year I'm more sad about it. I'm still it's the day after the Cavs or the Warriors won and we'd be playing them um, this this week I I was, I was bummed about it I was bummed about with the KDs there that he's a part of this I was bummed that Kyrie's not there you know he he's this this is his fight you know he should be in this um but i, I you know with it, it makes me think of this i told you about it this picture i saw on twitter um it had a hallway and at the end of the hallway was a door and on the floor of the hallway leading to the door was uh just some terrible looking snakes five, six, seven, eight of them, just all crawling on top of each other. And the caption of the picture said, um, there's $15 million on the other side of the door. What are you going to do? Implying, are you going to walk through the snakes, you know, take it, take your chances, or are you just walking away? And someone quote tweeted this picture um, with saying, just tell the snakes there's an open spot on the Royers roster. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I, I can respect the Warriors I mean, building the team they built prior to 2017. I mean, you drafted those guys, you know. Yeah. Who thought Clay and Draymond and Steph, as much as I dislike them, would turn out to be the players they are? Yeah, they were they were first rounders, but I mean, they weren't. You know, they weren't. Um, you know, they didn't, no one thought they'd be you know, all NBA. So I can respect that. But um, when it's become this KD thing, and you know, it's uh, and him being involved and. Um, and not having Kyrie, you know, I, yesterday I, or the day before, I went back and on Basketball Reference and looked at the box scores of the last three finals with them, and and you forget how close Cleveland was to winning in 2015. Oh, no. I mean, they're up two one, and then oh, no. um, LeBron, you know, nearly dies on court. Um, well, I never. I mean, very few times seeing a person who's just so exhausted, just mm-hmm. beyond the. But then the next game, you know, he, I don't know what happened. If they took some Swedish drugs they shoot those guys up with or what. But um, he, you know, he came back with a triple-double and 30-some points in that game they lost. And um, But, you know, they're so close to winning that one. Uh, Without love and without Kyrie, mm -hmm. phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, It's funny, there's something about it this year. I feel better going into it than I did last year. Because you could see last year there was so much dysfunction. There it was just they just didn't gel. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year LeBron knows he has to do so much. And then plus I don't have expectations that they're going to win. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I mean I, I I just yeah, when when the Warriors when they're on, they're they're mm-hmm. one of the tops ever offensively. So what's it um, gonna take? Hypothetically the Cavs win. How will they win? Well, one person has to play the series of their career besides LeBron, and then Corver has to shoot well. Corver has to shoot well. It's still a game of making baskets, and you've got to be able to match the Warriors' basket making. Mm-hmm. You just do, and keep it close until the end. Um, but they just they just don't make enough shots and lebron was over able to overcome that against an inexperienced boston team that i like very much but man if they don't make if they don't make shots mm-hmm. and i think the problem with houston was 
they felt like the other night, they felt like when the Warriors made a three, they had to make a three. Yeah. That's what kills you. Is then all of a sudden the Warriors value the two point jump shot? That's a, it's they, a, do. they do. They do. That the the Rockets just they panicked and and mm-hmm. you know they just kept exacerbating the runs because they wouldn't get any any baskets to offset it. it as it, anyone that I, plays basketball knows, if you you know if you're playing a run and gun team like that and you are missing a lot of threes, gosh, those long rebounds. Oh up. my gosh, there's points just, within themselves and those they, long they rebounds. Really, they really through. are. I I. You know, I can't stand watching Houston play because it's so much hardened isolation and then mm-hmm. really bad shots. And the Cavs are better than that right now. The mm-hmm. Cavs with are better than the Rockets without Chris Paul for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Daggone Warriors got off the hook again with an injury. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> I know. It, it, to the me, de- it felt the like the devil really loves them. I'm like not to say God it? loves them. I want to say the devil really loves them. Was it 2015 Western Conference semis that made me think of when? When the was it Chris Paul hit that game winner against the Spurs, and I think it was also that game where he blew out his hamstring, and they were going to beat the Spurs. Yeah. And that year, the the Clippers had a, had the team to beat the the Warriors that year. Yeah, they did. And um, they lost, and the Spurs moved on, um, beating the Clippers then. And the Spurs didn't have a team that could beat the Warriors, so uh, they got beat. But um, but yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like it, when Chris Paul went down. I mean, that was. That was their shot, um, but uh, f- yeah, for me, I was similarly thinking that um, I-, I think for the f- the first four games, Corver and Jr. have to hit shots for the least at least the first four games, and LeBron has to play better than he's played. I think, I think, I think they they require more than what he's actually done, which is uh, uh, crazy to say. Um, and Tristan has to play like pre eighty million dollar Tristan too. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. We can't because Larry Nance isn't going to get it done. He's not. You know, he's, he's going to give a few minutes, but he, yeah, he's, man, he's terrified out there. Is, yeah. And Jeff Green's got to somehow hold Kevin Durant under thirty. You know, I mean, it just at least make him you know work for shots. I think the key to the Warriors is is Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I will say this: if you shut him down, you you. You really hurt their rhythm. That's easier said than done. I, you know, I, I am, I, I'm. Sur- this is where I believe the Warriors wouldn't do well against the Pistons. Let's say of Isaiah and Vinnie Johnson, they would knock him on his butt. Mm-hmm. They would beat him up so bad. And uh, again, we're talking about sports here, not life. <laughs> I would do the same thing. <laughs> Okay, I would just so punish him. It's funny you say that because I was in, in Fleming always comes into my office every morning and or I his and we just talk about whatever happened since in the twelve hours since we haven't seen each other, and um, and so we talked about you know the finals and um, so one of the things I said was you know I have a, I, have, I have a suspicion that Tyron Lue's been through this series three times now and LeBron has and Jr has and that's really you know the only you know, core guys that are still there. Tristan. Tristan, right. yeah, 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 Tristan. Um, every, they've, they've done everything. They, they've thrown, they've tried size, you know, in, in the first series, uh, you know, 2015, they tried, um, you know, LeBron and Kyrie playing out of their minds, and that worked. They can't do that now. Um, in 2016, they tried to, they kind of tried to shoot their way through it, and they just couldn't do that. So... 2017, you mean? Yeah, 2017, and um, and so now what they're left with, I think, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Lou being his, you know, mid Midwestern um, rough and tumble point guard that he was, uh, you know, why not? You know, Jordan Clarkson, you have six fouls to give on Curry. Mm-hmm. Larry Nance, you have six fouls to get Draymond tossed out of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what else do you what do you else have to lose? Yeah, I mean, at some point, you just got to start. You know, you got to you if if you can't beat them at a physical or at a at a um, skill game, which you can't. You can't. I mean, if you get lucky with like if you know Kevin Grant gets injured, Steph gets injured, then you can play mm-hmm. that game, right? Um, which is what it would take, I think, even more so than them just shooting well. You need an injury. Um, then just then just try to make it a you know like you did in 2016, make it a 95 point game. Yeah, and just foul them so hard and so much that um, it's what you, get under you their know. Skin. It's what people used to do with Shaq back, back in the early days. You know, the Bulls would load up on the Bill Winningtons and the Bill Cartwrights and stuff like that, and they just knew they had 18 fouls to give, and they would just hammer him. Mm-hmm. Back when he was with the Magic, mm-hmm. and you do, you just you you at some point, the the Pistons old rule they can't call all the fouls, mm-hmm. they can't call them all. You you're not going to beat them in a skill game. And you've proven you can get under their skin. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, it, that, I, that's yeah. why I don't understand why in a team that has, in the in the most complimentary way, I don't mean this, you know, insensitively, that has. Thugs like Green and and Ariza and Paul got you know you know that I'd want on my team like those guys like you know man that's why I thought the Warriors really had it or the Rockets really had a chance is because they have guys that aren't afraid to thug people mm-hmm. you know and they're not timid by you know someone like that mm-hmm. that the fact that you don't employ that strategy just at least when it's like okay we've tried everything and it's not working Plan C yeah hit them hard yeah I don't get that. Um, but also, part of me is it's not just a strategic thing. Um, I would just love to watch people hit Steph hard a lot. You know, when he go, whenever he goes into the paint, it's a real faith make issue. It, ma- <laughs> make make his make his mouth guard worth something. <laughs> you know? I know, I just I can I can only imagine listening to Bill Lambeer and Isaiah Thomas, uh, and and those guys and what they're thinking. Ugh. Because that what they would do, what they would do, mm-hmm. that it candidly was not good for basketball. It was a boring. It was a boring brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. Just foul every time. It mm-hmm. was unbelievable what they did to Jordan and those guys, because they couldn't call them all right. And uh, and oh, how I wish there's a part of the Cavs. The Cavs aren't mean enough for that. They're just not mean enough to do that. Um, they better get mean quick though, because they, they really that's one better. of their only options. Yeah, you know. but you know, it's funny. It, there, there, there is something. I will say this. Coming back to a few minutes ago, there's something about LeBron not having Kyrie that's made him better. That's made him, I dare I say, meaner. Mm-hmm. But he's got something to prove. You yeah. know, he's playing like he's got something to prove, and that million dollars a year he puts into his body, I, man. I hope it pays off in these next two weeks, because um, mm-hmm. really anything that's beyond five games is a is a wind of some sort. I hate to yeah. say that. That's it why is. I say they got to shoot well for f- the first four and then just see where it goes. Yeah. They've to if 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 they can 
their best hope of if you know if say in two weeks from now the Cavs have won the 2018 NBA championship how they do it they shot out of their minds they did, the first two games right. and they somehow stole a game in the first two games and then they won two in Cleveland and um, maybe maybe lost another one in Golden State and they somehow stretch it to seven and if you can just stretch it to seven you've got the most physically capable person to play 107 games more than anyone else yeah you have someone who's played in game sevens more than anyone else and has better stats than anyone else and then you just at that point you're just playing well we just hope that you know Steph throws behind the back passes out of bounds again yeah like he usually yeah. does because yeah, he, he does. Yeah. um you know uh somehow Steph Curry just just has this ability to to just not show up when it actually really matters so we've been talking about the Cavs for 20 minutes. What is is there any is there any spiritual value to this conversation whatsoever that a listener who has um, uh, an, any desire to gain uh, value from the last 20 minutes of their life that they've just spent <laughs> with us? Um, uh, is there is there any value to aside from me going back to my messianic? Um, Metaphors that LeBron James is in his return to Cleveland. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. We've okay, been over so that. We talk We've been about over idolatry. That <laughs> we could talk about idolatry. Uh, you know, the thing that I think of is is um, there's a couple things, but one of the things I told you, I said the the whole underdog reality because they are such a striking underdog. I don't even know what the odds are in Vegas, but it's got to be like nothing. And just the underdog reality. Uh, but to make a stretch here of some mm-hmm. value is is just I just fascinates me constantly looking at uh, you know a faith that when it started you never would have given it a chance like mm-hmm. the, you know if if an award were giving for most likely to posthumously succeed you would have given it to Napoleon or Alexander mm-hmm. or Caesar you never would have given it to the Nazarene. Mm-hmm. And so that that dynamic of underdog is fascinating to me. And then the faith started out as obviously the odds-on favorite to die before it left the first century. And then we grew up in a country where it was dominant, mm-hmm. right? Especially in my age group, it was the dominant ethos of the nation. And now we have a whole generation of Christians who have a feeling like it ought to be on top. There's a, there's almost an entitlement. There's something wrong with our country that we're not in charge. Make, you know, make Christianity in charge again. And and yet it is most effective when it's the underdog. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, most it's, effective good when, come it, when it's dominance has come before it's, no, uh, when it's, the, it's right dominance. When the church is in charge, it gets corrupted so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I told you, I said, if there were an application today, for me, is that we talk about this and draw metaphorical applications of underdogness, is the just the freedom of knowing that our faith is most effective when it's the underdog, right? When mm-hmm. it's it's just the yeast that's entering the dough, and the dough doesn't even know it, right? You don't see it, but mm-hmm. the dough rises. And that our influence in culture is not dependent upon our being in charge. As a matter of fact, our faith flourishes when it's not the overdog. Mm-hmm. It's it, it it dies when it's the overdog. It's just corrupted when it's the overdog. Mm-hmm. And um, 
even in, on a personal level, the constant drawback to not, the constant having to draw back from a compulsive need to power up that leadership is most effective when it's literally under, right? So when it's literally lifting others up and not tear, you know, not putting itself at the top. And, uh, mm-hmm. and there's just such a liberation to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there really is. Um, but that is a, uh, a battle. It's a battle. You know, there's liberation in that, but there's a battle. You have culture that's trying to always trying to push you to elevate it yourself, elevate your organization, whatever. You have pride and ego, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life that John said. That's the parts of the world that you can't love because it squeezes out the love of the Father. And uh, I see that when I watch sports, right? So there's always that there's always that on display. Mm-hmm. Of that powering up that makes you successful in sports that does not work mm-hmm. in the true rene- regeneration of the spirit. So, mm-hmm. um, having said all that, I hope the Cavs win in four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be sweet. <laughs> that would, I tell you, I would be unbearable to live with. Maybe up there with, with the day the Browns win the Super Bowl. I'm checking out at that point, man. I'm mm-hmm. like, take me out of the oven. I'm well done. And you know, part of me that that's the, uh, why I, I, um, I'm okay with him as a you know not as a not so much as a Cleveland fan, but I'm better than I would if you were to ask me okay with the idea of him leaving again. I'm better off than I thought I, I would think I would be. Um, number one, the incompetence of this team. He deserves better. Right? He just does. You know. He, um, but what he did in, in 2016, you know, a 73 win team and being down three one and the way he did it and. Um, uh, that was the that was the end of that rivalry to me, and ever since then it's just been this this masquerading of Cavs and Warriors with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. This it's not the real thing, um, but if he were to somehow do it again, um, it'd be fun to see part five if they could do it again, especially if they be. could sign Chris Paul. Like everybody talks yeah. about LeBron leaving. Well, well, if LeBron brings the God father of his mm-hmm. children, Chris Paul, and he yeah. has him come to Cleveland. Nobody, yeah. nobody talks about that. Yeah. You know, we're allowed to dream. Yeah. And, well, you know, it, I, you know, you, you, when you related it to the early church, I thought of Second uh, Corinthians, um, the part before, when uh, Paul's talking about the resurrection of Christ. Um, my favorite part in there, you know, when he, especially when he gets to, he talked to brothers of 500, um, and he says, some of whom are asleep, but hey, there's a lot you, you know that are still around next door. You can go talk to him. Mm-hmm. He he was with him. Mm-hmm. You know you can trust my words. Or you can go. So you, I started thinking about you know you know this doubt against LeBron, this doubt against the early church. But wait, what have we seen? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know it's, it it's so, possible. So with LeBron, you know I, I think um, you know I I I doubt him as much as you know. It may not seem like I doubt him as much as anyone really. I truly do. And, um, but I'm thought, oh, geez, you know, he, he always, uh, 
He always um, comes through in some way, somehow, and uh, and maybe he will I, this time. I, I think he. Know. I think this. I think he will play at a higher level than he's played all year. I do. I I really think he will. I mean, I, I, I he's got something to prove. But he's got nothing to lose too. I feel like. Yeah, and he's got nothing to lose. And, uh, yeah, because he shouldn't be here. Yeah. He, you know, he's he's eight year old LeBron again, um, and his mom's deserted him, and he has to live with another family. Yeah, he shouldn't be here. Yeah, you know, this is a position he's been in his whole life. This is nothing new. Yeah, and uh, he's excited about big games. Well, so we're I'm glad that uh, yeah, you glad you got to eavesdrop on our useless conversation about the Cavs. <laughs> we just thought we would go full bore to the mattresses with the Cavs and the Warriors today, and mm-hmm. we have two more chucks this season, and uh, we'll get to talk a little bit more about the finals those of you who love hearing about that are going to love it and those of you who don't won't and that's okay mm-hmm. i would like to say so before we we you know to close here before we started um mom gave feedback on uh, yeah some chucked feedback and she said we sound like we're slouching yeah and well, when, i tried to sit well, up well maybe yeah what made me think of that was um the was when you were talking about um the the freedom and uh, the early church, and they come. You were clipping your nails with, <laughs> with <laughs> some nail clippers. Um, so how's that for slouching, mom? But um, we are yeah. relaxed. Like I don't well, feel like I'm on. As I when said, I'm doing it, this. people ever say we're either too serious or we're too relaxed. All in all, apparently, you know, Chuck is just—it's just too it's much too, for me. Too people. much. Whatever, whatever side you're on, our, it's too much. Our seven loyal followers mm-hmm. love us. They I'm telling you, tell you, I'm sticking that flag in the ground. Our mm-hmm. seven, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, we 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 are we are uh, a a father and a son who love to talk about sports mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, love to talk about scripture and uh, those two frequently intersect and uh, if that's what you want then we are for you <laughs> we love the feedback though sherry mcmahon we yeah. love it we love it i mean we love the feedback <laughs> until next time on chucked this is austin charles speaking for charles braxton no the other way around <laughs> <laughs>